Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bed crimers. As always, I wish you the best. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you learned something or enjoyed it, please do me a favor and smash that like button. Now, let's dig in. Like much of the world, I've been keeping vigil as this saga of the Titan submersible lost at sea unfolded. I couldn't stop watching. I wanted to know the latest information at every hour, and I continually prayed that the five souls on board would be found alive. Tragically, none of us got the movie ending we had hoped for. Today I want to share all the unique details I've learned about this sad story, but before that, let's take a moment to remember the people who lost their lives below the North Atlantic, just 500 meters or 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic they were hoping to observe. British billionaire Hamish Harding, Pakistani multimillionaire businessman Shazda Dawood, and his 19-year-old son, Suleiman Dawood, Frenchman Paul-Henri Nargiolet, otherwise known as Mr. Titanic, because of his expert knowledge of all things Titanic, and CEO of Oceangate Expeditions, Stockton Rush. 19-year-old Suleiman, the youngest person on the Titan, had just completed his first years of study at university, and according to his aunt, was terrified of going on this excursion and only did it to please his father for Father's Day. May these men all rest in peace and may their families find comfort in knowing that they died living out their dream of seeing the wreckage of the Titanic at an ocean depth of 12,500 feet where it's pitch black, freezing cold, and where few humans, maybe 200 tops, have ever dared to tread. They now join some 1,160 men, women, and children who died when the Titanic sank in 1912 and who call that spot on the bottom of the sea their final resting place. We know now that a catastrophic implosion of the pressure hull, which the five men were housed in, occurred on Sunday, June 20th, approximately one hour and 45 minutes into the excursion. Normally, it takes about two hours for the submersible to reach the ocean floor where the Titanic wreckage lies. So the submersible was almost at its destination when disaster struck. We know this is when something went wrong because one, that's when communication between the submersible and its mothership on the surface ceased. The normal protocol for this vessel, which had only made the journey to the bottom of the sea a few times prior, was to send a text message every 15 minutes up to the mothership. That was the only means of communication. And two, Sensors operated by the Navy detected the likely implosion of the Titan hours before the U.S. Coast Guard publicly shared that it had gone missing. An article on NPR.org described the listening system the Navy uses as follows. The listening system the Navy uses to register noise is believed to be the Sound Surveillance System, or SO. S-U-S, SOSIS. SOSIS is an underwater cable system that has been in place for decades and is capable of detecting underwater anomalies that might indicate the presence of foreign submarines. This revelation that the sound of a massive explosion
explosion was heard on the same day the Titan went missing means that the expensive and arduous five-day search may have been futile from the start. A Navy official told NPR that they detected an anomaly consistent with an implosion or explosion in acoustic data taken from the same area where the Titan went missing. So why were all the search vessels, including ships and airplanes, sent to the area, which is roughly 900 miles off the coast of Cape Cod, to roam a space in the sea two times the size of the state of Connecticut for five days? The only vessels they really needed were undersea drones that could go down there to see if the Titan was somehow stuck or if it had imploded. The cost of this search is in the millions. James Cameron, who directed the movie Titanic and who has been down to the wreckage site himself many times, described the search as a charade. He was aware of the sound the Navy heard through some of his diving connections on Monday. Cameron told CNN's Anderson Cooper this, I watched over the ensuing days this whole everyone running around with their hair on fire search. I just feel terrible for the families that had to go through all these false hopes that kept getting dangled as it played out, end quote. Note that you can't make a phone call from the deep ocean depths, nor can anyone use GPS to locate you and the vessel. The only thing the adventurers on board Titan could do with their cell phones was take photos and videos. One can only imagine the excitement the adventurers inside were feeling at that moment in anticipation of seeing that massive luxury liner show up in that window, a liner that had sunk 111 years ago. Many believe this disaster could have been avoided, and that's for several reasons. One, at least one former employee of OceanGate had previously raised safety concerns, and many experts in deep-sea diving knew that OceanGate hadn't subjected the Titan to all the safety protocols and regulations. And two, the Titan had a rather unorthodox design. It departed from the more traditional titanium sphere design for deep-sea submersibles. Titan stitched together a carbon fiber cylinder between two titanium hemispheres to create a larger tube-shaped pressure hull that could accommodate more passengers. FYI, Titan was 22 feet long, and it was designed not for scientists, but rather to ferry deep ocean tourists down to the Titanic. Thus, it needed to have room inside for more than one or two people. Titan could accommodate five, one pilot, and four tourists, and thus Titan also needed to be lighter so as to be able to accommodate the weight of those five people, hence the choice of that carbon fiber hull. More people inside Titan meant more money to be made. A seat on the Titan normally costs $250,000. However, it sounds like if you were a last-minute bookie, you could get a discount price of, get this, $150,000. This was definitely an adventure reserved only for the rich and elite. I have always believed that when people are extremely wealthy, they are at risk of dying prematurely in accidents like this because they're the ones who can afford to do all these things. Case in point, John F. Kennedy Jr. He could afford to buy his own airplane, and despite foggy weather conditions where other pilots refused to fly, Kennedy went out that night with his wife and her sister, and nobody told him, no, don't do that, or no, you shouldn't do that. 
or no, you can't do that, or no, you're not a good enough pilot to pull that off, and not knowing how to fly without a visual of the land below crash the plane. Had he been an average Joe without millions of dollars, he might still be alive, you know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong, I don't dislike the rich. In fact, I would like to be among them. By the way, I saw him one time in New York City, and he was wearing a beret, he was very tall, and he looked like an Egyptian prince. He was incredibly handsome. But I digress. The Dawoods were last-minute bookies, so I suspect their tickets were at the lower price of $150,000. Another wealthy businessman and his son gave up their seats for the Dawoods. The other father and son duo didn't want to go because the son raised concerns to his father and didn't feel the submersible was safe. Apparently, a friend of his had made him concerned that a sperm whale or a gigantic whale could do something to the submersible. That father and son are now said to be taking some time out to smell the roses, knowing that it could have been them on the Titan. Back to the Titan's design. Normally, submersibles are one solid contiguous sphere shape, which makes them less prone to coming apart at seams because, well, there are no seams. Other problems with the Titan submersible include, one, it was not certified. Usually the developers of such vessels put them through an inspection process by independent agencies. This apparently is not legally mandated, but it's routinely followed by others in the community. Such a vessel should have been tested at the Titanic depth without civilians on board to see how the pressure of repeat dives down there might weaken its hull. Would that composite carbon fiber hull remain intact, not just for one trip down to 12,500 feet, but for many. Don Walsh, not the rock star, but rather an oceanographer who was the first submersible pilot in the U.S. Navy, said this of Oceangate and the Titan. They got away with it for a couple of years. It was not a question of if, but when, end quote. What's sad is that experts are saying this tragedy could have been easily avoided if Oceangate had heeded the warnings and gone for certification. They were able to avoid that certification because they operated the Titan in international waters where no coast Guard has jurisdiction. Thus, no one could prevent Oceangate from carrying out its deep sea dives with that Titan. Note that there hadn't been an injury in the commercial submersible industry for more than 35 years prior to this, and that's because pretty much all the other companies follow the regulations and opt for safety over what I think was rushing a not fully tested and certified submersible into such depths. And they also subject their submersibles to period inspections as well to ensure they maintain safety. You'd think Stockton Rush would have valued the safety of his passengers over rushing the Titan into the depths, but that's just me speculating. Maybe he thought he was being perfectly safe, but he had previously expressed his belief that innovation requires disrupting norms. I wonder if the Dawoods were aware of how the Titan deviated from the traditional submersible design. And did Mr. Dawood know that the Titan was not certified? Maybe his widow and daughter will give some interviews at some point to let the world know. In the debris field from the Titan, which again was found about 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic, the search team found the front and back portions of the pressurized hull 
meaning the part of the vessel where the five men were seated, cross-legged for the journey. Experts are saying that when the implosion took place, the men would have died in milliseconds without knowing what happened and without allowing their brains to even process the event and the pain. That's a comforting thought. You don't want to think they suffered. I heard another expert say that it is pretty much guaranteed that the remains of those men will not be found because of the force of the implosion. According to a scientist I heard on a news channel whose name eludes me, the pressure on each person in the submersible when it imploded would have been the equivalent of having 38 elephants on your back. The ocean at that depth is pressure packed and apparently it's also very noisy, especially where the wreckage of of the Titanic lies. I've always imagined it silent and very still way down there. Factor in total darkness and you have what I would call a very scary place. Ocean Gate would have to pay me to go down in such a submersible. One person who's been down to the Titanic said that he felt dark energy down there. By the way, no bodies from the ocean liner Titanic have ever been found over the 111 years it's been down there. Experts have been unable to completely solve this mystery. It's important to note, though, that it took more than 70 years for the wreckage to be found. When investigations began, the ship had already long been exposed to seawater, but it hasn't been ruled out that there could still be bodies inside the deepest parts of Titanic, such as in the engine room, which the water has had less of an effect on. Most of the missing souls' bodies, though, have been dissolving and will continue to do so until their eventual total disappearance, not only because of the salt water, but also because of ocean life and bacteria in the area, which feed on things like skin. That's all for now. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, did you find this subject fascinating? I know it's tragic, but it's interesting to hear all the details. If you did, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. It's a free way you can help me, and I'll see you next time. I love you guys.